This is Shi'ar Jashub, coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Today, Pastor Greg Scalzo will be continuing his sermon in the Heavenly Authority series on the One Body of Christ. And when we left off, he had just read from 1 Corinthians 1.10. Agreement, the power of agreement in the Lord. You can translate that, that you have a uniform testimony, that you say the same thing, that you give the same testimony. And when that happens, there's no confusion, right? There's no misrepresentation. Remember, in chapter 2, we saw this a few weeks back. Let's read it again. Uh, verse 13 of 1 Corinthians these things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Down at verse 15, but he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ." We are called in the Holy Spirit to have the mind of Jesus, to know the will of the Lord. We're not speaking here of agreeing to agree. At some point, we'll cover false unity, ecumenicalism, just wanting to agree and not have any rules, any foundation, any message, any gospel to preach, just agreeing because it feels good to agree. Paul is not speaking about that here. He's speaking about believers anointed with the Holy Spirit, praying and seeking the Lord Jesus Christ, receiving the mind of Christ, and coming to an answer on a lot of the questions that divide. To give a uniform testimony, to speak the same thing, and when that happens, there's no confusion. A lot of times today, people that are unbelievers, they hear so many different versions of the gospel. They hear so many different messages, they become confused. They turn on a program, they hear one minister say one thing, another say another, and there's confusion. And the, the Lord's will, the heart's desire of God, is that we speak with one voice. We give a uniform testimony, and that only happens when we each have the mind of Christ, because then it's Jesus directing. It's Jesus teaching. It's not the teachings of men. It's not the traditions of men. It's the anointing of the Holy Spirit forming inside of us the mind of Christ. We have his word here, and the Spirit interprets that which is his and takes from that which is his and gives it to us. He teaches us. For who has known the mind of the Lord, but we have the mind of Christ. So he says, going back to verse 10, that you all speak the same thing. Then he says, and that there be no divisions among you. Divisions. That word in the Greek is schisma. We get the word schisms from it. Splits, gaps, divisions, splitting into fractions, dissensions. It's God's will that there be no divisions, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There's the heart's desire of God, that we perfectly be joined together in the mind of Christ 
and in his judgment. That's the goal. That's the goal. Then he goes on to verse 11. For it has been declared to me concerning you, my brethren, by those of Chloe's household, that there are contentions among you, quarrelings among you. This is the problem that comes in. The goal is to be as one. The goal is to know the mind of Christ. The goal is for believers to pray and seek the Lord and then have that uniform testimony and the power of God come down, even as Pentecost, when they were to gather together in prayer and of one accord, one mind, in agreement. That's the goal. But then contentions come in. And what happens here at the Church of Corinth has happened throughout church history. And what is the basis of it? What is the basis of these quarrelings, of these contentions? Verse 12, now I say this, what Paul says, what I mean is this. Each of you says, what? I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, or I am of Christ. There's the foundation of the quarreling, the contentions that lead to division. One says, I am of Paul, one says, I am of Apollos, one says, I am of Cephas. Now, Paul, if you look later on in Acts chapter 18, planted this church. He founded the church of Corinth in a mighty movement of the Holy Spirit. Apollos, you read further on in Acts chapter 18, was a learned Jew from Alexandria who was greatly versed in the scriptures. He was an influential leader in the early church. He was edified in the way of the Spirit by Aquila and Priscilla. And then he went on to contend and argue with the Jewish leaders who were against the gospel. And he had great power behind him when he did it. And he was a force in watering the seed that Paul had planted in Corinth. And that's in Acts chapter 18, verses 24 to 19, verse 1. And some associate the letter of Hebrews. We don't quite know who the writer of the book of Hebrews is. Many feel it's Paul but some believe it's Apollos. And then you have Cephas. Cephas is Aramaic for rock. It's the name of Simon, son of Jonah. If you look in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. So Cephas is the Aramaic for stone. Peter is the Greek for stone. So when Paul says, one says, I am of Paul, one says, I am of Apollos, and one says, I am of Cephas, he's speaking about Peter, the apostle Peter, the leader of the twelve. And you have here three powerful figures in early Christianity, Paul, Apollos, and Peter. But then you have some saying, I am of Christ, a much more powerful figure. Which should it be? Which should it be? Should it be, I am of Paul, I am of Apollos, I am of Peter, or I am of Christ? I am of Christ. Too many times in church history, it's I'm of Paul, I'm of Peter, I'm of this denomination, this leader, this teaching, this tradition, 
you see what happens when believers identify themselves with the man. Even here, an anointed man used by the Holy Spirit, we have how many scriptures by Paul? We have letters, the two letters of Peter, and all the, the acts of Peter in the book of Acts. Anointed men, but still, even when the foundation is right, the people are chosen by God. There's no doubt these men were chosen, used by the Holy Spirit, sent out. When the people place their identification on those men and not on Jesus Christ, it's wrong. Quarreling happens, the visions happen, the body becomes split. And if that's true with Paul and Peter, how true is it then with those who are not even in the same league as Paul and Peter? I am of so-and-so rather than I am of Messiah, Jesus Christ. Paul goes on in verse 13. He says, is Christ divided? What do we just read in Ephesians? One body, one faith, one spirit, one Lord, Jesus Christ. The answer is no, Christ is not divided. He's one, and we're all called to follow him. And we're not to have divided false loyalty to men or groups or institutions. Will a truly anointed servant of God accept such loyalty? Would Paul accept them saying, I am of Paul? Would he say, well, this is wonderful. They just recognize my leadership, my authority. It's wonderful they're saying, I am of Paul. No. Someone that's truly a servant of God will not accept that type of loyalty. He goes on to say here in verse 13, is Christ divided? Obviously, the answer is no. Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And he's telling them his proper position. He is a vessel used by God, but he was not crucified for them. And if he was, Peter would be crucified. It would not purchase salvation. The only purchase of salvation was by the blood of Messiah, the only sinless man, the only one that can be our teacher. We follow him. We are saved by the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, not by Paul. He says, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? No, you're baptized in the name. You're immersed in the name of Jesus. Sometimes churches do baptize people into their church. Should not be. Now you are a member of such and such church. We baptized you in the name of the Father. They'll put the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They may even say Jesus, but now you are a member of this church. What are you being immersed into? That's what baptism means, immersion. What are you going down into? You're going into that church, really. What is baptism supposed to be? In Romans chapter 6, verse 3, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. We die to the old self. We raise up, resurrected a new being in Christ Jesus. We are immersed in the complete work of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. We are baptized in his name, by his authority, 
in his name, into his person. That's the baptism. That's why Paul says, was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? No. You're not baptized into a denomination, into a church, into any sect. We are very simply to be baptized into Jesus. And Paul here, just like John the Baptist, directs the focus back to the primary person, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very simple. How many times in church history has been confused? Layers upon layers placed upon something very simple. You belong to Jesus Christ. He has saved you. You go and immerse yourself in him. You become a follower of Christ. I am of Christ. Verse 14, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus. That's in Acts 18.8. Crispus is one of the rulers of the Jewish synagogue at Corinth at the beginning of the work that Paul did there. Uh, and Gaius, he says, lest anyone should say that I had baptized in my own name. Yes, I also baptized the household of Stephanas. Besides, I do not know whether I baptized any other. He wants to be very accurate here and make sure he covers the ones he remembers he baptized, but the point is very clear. He preached the gospel, he baptized the first few, and then he had others do the baptism lest people get confused and place him as the important leader, as the one they come up and bow down to and worship and give their allegiance to. He's telling them, give your allegiance to Christ Jesus and him only. Join Pastor Greg Scalzo on our website at www.shiarjashub.org.